are listening to the You Are Lawyer podcast. I am the podcast host, Kyla Denanio, a 2015 law school graduate. This podcast was created to share the experiences and successes of law school graduates who created their own paths to career success. In episode 10, I am speaking with a solo practitioner, podcast host, and lawyer, creator of Legalpreneur, an all-access membership for small business owners. This guest is also the host of the Legalpreneur podcast, where she speaks with entrepreneurs about their legal issues. Based in Houston, Texas, today's guest is Andrea Sager. Welcome to the podcast, Andrea. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so pumped to do this with you. Yay, thank you. Has it been two years since you left Worries? Two weeks will be two years. I can't believe that. I'm so proud of us that we kept in touch. I know. Look at us. So would you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yes, I am Andrea Sager. I have known Kyla for, we were just talking about two years now, (laughs) and we used to work at the same law firm, and then I branched out on my own, and I have my own law firm now, which is Andrea Sager Law. I have a small firm, but now our main focus is trademarks and the Legalpreneur membership, which is basically an all-access membership that provides ongoing access to our clients. Essentially, it's like a low-cost retainer. Okay. So what was the reason why you decided to start your own firm? Well, I definitely wasn't happy at the firm that I was at, and I just knew I wanted to do more. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was just kind of stuck at this very, at the bottom of the totem pole, which when you start out at a firm, like you are stuck at the bottom of the totem pole. But I knew that I could make a lot more happen with the connections and the network that I had. So that's what I did. I left, you know, started serving business owners on my own. And now this year I'll have a million dollar firm. Wow, that's excellent. Yeah. (laughs) So practicing federal law, like filing for copyrights and doing trademarks and et cetera, what got you interested in that? Honestly, I filled a need for my network. So when I was at the firm, I constantly had clothing store owners reach out to me wanting help with trademarks and copyrights. Mm -hmm. And typically it was just a matter of, oh, like the fees are too high or you know, we just can't afford it right now. And then finally I had a client that said, you know what? I don't care what the fees are. No big deal. I'll just pay it. So I was onboarding her to the firm and I had a partner tell me, look, we don't want this client. She wasn't, you know, just any small business. She was a successful business owner. She had made multiple six figures and the firm just didn't want her, even though she was going to be paying their fees. So really it was just that moment where I was like, okay, this isn't okay with me. I knew that there was a need for those Mm -hmm. business owners that needed the work protecting their business. So that's when I decided, okay, this is a need in the market and I'm going to go fill it. Okay. So you mentioned that you had business owners reaching out to you. Had you owned businesses before law school? Yes. So I had my first business, which was a clothing store. I opened that while I was actually still in law school, which people tell me I'm crazy for doing that, but it's what I did. And it opened so many doors for me. So I'm, I mean, I'm very, very, very happy that I did it. So I started that in law school and then it grew. And then eventually I opened up my own brick and mortar store. And then once I left the law firm, I also sold the store and then just left that full business behind and started all over here in Houston and have only had the firm now. So you're being pretty humble, but your store that you had, um, you were a boutique seller on Poshmark? Yes. 
And it was a huge deal. I mean, you spoke <laughs> at their conference annually. Yeah. So I started out, um, and it's pretty crazy how that business even came to be because originally when I was in college, I was not like your normal college student. I made pretty good money while I was in college and I had, you know, all this disposable income. I spent most of my money on clothes. Mm -hmm. And then once I graduated from college and went to law school, like everything changed because I had no money. And I was like, oh my gosh, I am poor and I'm broke. <laughs> so I started selling the clothes that I had on Poshmark. And then that grew so quickly. So my husband loved going to thrift stores. So I would go with him. And then eventually it was a matter of, oh my gosh, this is so cute. I wonder if I could resell it on Poshmark. And this was before I knew that like thrifting was a thing on Poshmark. Yeah. So I started thrifting and reselling that stuff and that did really well. And then I saw other people selling like new boutique clothing on Poshmark. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how do they do this? I want to do that. So I found out about the Los Angeles Fashion District, started going out there. I'd buy wholesale online and then, um, you know, go to trade shows. So I started selling boutique clothing on Poshmark. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to open my own store. So that's what I did. I opened my own store. I had my own website. And then after, let's see, after two, I think it was two years of having my online website, we opened a brick and mortar store because we started manufacturing and it just kept growing and growing. And then we opened the store and yeah, and then we <laughs> sold it. <laughs> so of course you're telling the story in hindsight, but I, I bet that was really difficult. I mean, it sounds like you moved really quickly. Yeah. Everything was in our house because we moved too. So that was pretty tough having everything in boxes and trying to ship stuff when you're trying to find things that are in boxes. That, that was fun. Um, but yeah, it did grow really quickly. There were definitely times that my husband was like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> why is our basement full of clothing? <laughs> but I mean, it all paid off. I mean, we were able to sell that. Honestly, like we got burned yeah. out from the store and we were just ready for something new. And so when we left the firm, we left Cincinnati and didn't look back on the store or the city itself. So we've been here in Houston and rocking it with the firm. I think it's funny that your husband is the one that got you into thrifting. And then he was like, wait, wait, you took it too far. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't where I wanted to go. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> so what business did you own in college or what was it that you did to have so much disposable income then? I was in the army. I did ROTC. I was in the army national guard. So doing those things, I made good money. And then I also was like a resident assistant on campus. And then I also had a job. Usually I was a waitress. And luckily we did all of that because my husband and I, we got married the day after we graduated from college and wow. we were able to pretty much pay for the whole wedding ourselves because we were making good money in college. That's excellent. Did you always know that you wanted to go to law school after college? Once I got to college, I knew I wanted to go to law school. But when I joined the army, somebody told me something down the line where I couldn't go to law school if I was going to be an army officer, because that's what ROTC is. You're training to be an army officer. So I kind of just like gave up on that dream. Then I was, you know, pretty gun ho about the army. But then I think it was my junior year, I revisited the law school idea and our commander on campus at the time, he was like, I don't know who told you that, but you can definitely go to law school. He's like, you can apply for an educational delay. 
go to law school and then serve your time in the army and hopefully be a JAG officer. Yeah. Like, heck yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So I had always wanted to go to law school, but I kind of like put that idea on pause until I revisited that idea later in my college career. And then of course you don't have to have a Juris Doctorate degree to own a business. How do you think that your law school degree impacted you as a business owner? So (laughs) I definitely think it's very, very helpful having a business degree or a Juris Doctorate. And I remember in law school, like you have first years have like their orientation or whatever. And I remember the Dean had told us that a JD was the second best business degree. And I remember him saying that, but now when I look back, I'm like, yeah, that is 100% true. Especially the whole contract thing. That's been phenomenally helpful because every day I deal with contracts, whether it's for my business or for clients and just that knowledge of contracts gives you a leg up in business. Yeah, absolutely. So you recently started your podcast called the Legalpreneur Podcast. It's dedicated to small business owners. Why was that important to you? Number one, another marketing channel to find new clients. And it's just another way to serve my existing audience because I do the social media thing, but I wanted to also provide interviews with real life entrepreneurs that have experienced legal issues themselves. Because in my realm, I see a lot of business owners that think legal isn't for them. They don't need to worry about the legal stuff until there's an issue or until they're making so much money. And that's not the case. And that's what I try to highlight in my podcast. So my podcast is two shows a week. One is typically me, you know, a short 10 to 15 minute episode. Then the other is more of a 30 to 45 minute interview with an entrepreneur that has either encountered legal issues or is open to talking about when they've hired an attorney. And that whole goal right there is just to help my audience understand that it's for any business at any stage. Okay. Is that why small business was so important to you? Because a lot of times they're underrepresented? Yes, absolutely. And that's really my driving force is because without me or without, you know, small business attorneys, the next Apple or Google may not happen because they don't have access to quality legal services. So that's really my driving force. Okay. So without giving away too much about what you do, what's one thing that's really important to a small business owner when they first start? So I have three shirts that I want to sell. Why can't I just start right now? Why would I need to contact a small business attorney or listen to the Legalpreneur podcast? Yeah, so I'll talk about our number one episode so far, and that is the episode on LLCs, limited liability companies. And that's number one, because that provides you with personal liability protection that you wouldn't have otherwise. So when you're not a limited liability company, so that means you're a sole proprietor, you are left to leaving your personal assets up for grabs. So if your business gets sued and you're a sole proprietor, They can come after your personal assets. So your house, your car, anything you own personally, they can come after by, even if it's something that your business does. So having the LLC separates the two and it's really important, especially as a small business owner. You know, if you ask somebody, Hey, when should I be an LLC? You'll get, you know, a hundred different answers if you ask a (laughs) hundred different people. Yeah. And honestly, like I tell my clients, look, I'm taking your full business into consideration. I'm not just looking at your financial picture. I'm not just looking at this or that. I'm looking at your business as a whole. 
And that's where I'm coming from when I give you my answer. So if you ask your CPA, they'll tell you, oh, just wait till you're making this much money and then file. No, that's not a good answer because let's say day one of your business, you know, you open, you don't make any money. Day two, you blow up and you make a million dollars on day two. And something also happens that day that causes you to get sued down the line. Well, day three, you you decide, okay, I'm going to go file for that LLC and get some protection. Well, then if you get sued on day four for what happened on day two, you're not protected. Even though you file for the LLC on day three, it's not retroactive to protect you with what happened on day two. So I always tell people you need to file as an LLC as soon as possible because you don't know what's going to happen in your business. Yeah. And attorneys are there to think long-term, to think beyond what you're trying to do today. Yep, exactly. I love that. It's great. <laughs> so was there anything else that you want to share with the audience today? No, I'm super excited that you're doing this podcast. I think it's going to help a lot of people, especially those that decide they want to go to law school, but then down the line, they're like, I don't really want to practice law anymore Yeah, <laughs> or at all. And also for people who are practicing, but maybe they're bored, maybe they want to do something else. You know, I certainly yeah. want them to listen as well and be inspired to look around and see what else they can do with their law degree. No, that's true. Thank you so much, Andrea. You have a great day. You too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to You Are a Lawyer. Subscribe to the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. New episodes are released every other Thursday. Leave a comment on our Instagram or Twitter pages. You can find those details in the show description. Feel free to contact me at Kyla at youarealawyer.com. Have a great day.